Hello and welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. Tiff, are you holding your microphone? (laughs) I am holding my microphone. Are you dropping your microphone? (laughs) Apologies to our listeners now for the inevitable dropped microphones. No, I'm not dropping any microphones. I've got my microphone in one hand, my notes in the other, and you guys can hear me off my phone, which is where my notes are. So if it gets a little wonky for you guys, the listeners are fine. But, you know, you just won't be able to hear my story I'm telling you. It's fine. It's fine. We'll react accordingly. (gasps) Gasp! A ghost! (laughs) (laughs) Note to Rebecca, (laughs) cut and paste those where necessary. There you go. We're just going to go ahead and throw in a couple of filler lines here, guys. Don't mind us. This is just mm-hmm. so we can throw them in later if necessary. Like that scene from The Office where Daryl is like, damn, he or she has gotten themselves into a really tight spot. <laughs> parkour. <laughs> oh, ghost it. parkour. Oh. That would be neat. Speaking of ghosts, uh, this week we're doing haunted objects, correct? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Just making sure we I didn't should, have we should maybe verify these things before we uh, start recording. Start recording. <laughs> it's fine. I did do a haunted object. Can I go first? Well, that's good. Would you like to kick us off? Yes, please. I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> this is going great. <laughs> so peek behind the curtain, guys. As you know, we've been recording remotely for a while because, you know, life uh, but we are currently trying to record from different states, <laughs> and it's a first for us. Yeah, because it's effing cold in Georgia, and Tiffany snowed in, which doesn't really tell you where she is right now. Yeah, there's uh, if the ice froze and then six inches of snow fell on top of that, so you know I'm in a house with family and a almost three year old who's running a fever. It's great. Everything's awesome. Okay, Black Orlov. Let's talk about some haunted shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that was loud. Okay, kick us off, Tiffany. Let's talk about some haunted shit. Okay, have either of you ever heard of the Black Orlov Diamond? No, I don't believe so. Perfect. Well, it's called that because it looks like a black diamond. Actually, okay, it is a black diamond, but... <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. Shock. The color... The color is actually more of like a gunmetal, and it's really pretty. Let's talk about the history. So the black Orlov diamond, actually, hold on, I'm going back up. We're going to start with what it actually is before we go into the history of it. The black Orlov diamond is a 67.5 carat cushion cut black diamond. What? Do you know how big 67.5 carats is? It's like a freaking silver dollar. Okay, so Kim Kardashian has a 12 carat ring. Beyonce has a 13 carat ring. Oh my God. This is 67.5. See, the difference between me and Tiffany is Tiffany goes, these are the sizes of celebrities' diamond rings. And I'm like, how big is the Hope Diamond? And I'm like, what is that in money? (laughs) What what is a carat? (laughs) What is a carat? I was wrong. Beyonce is 18 carats. Kim K is 15 and Kate Middleton is 12. 67 carats? 67.5. The current largest is the Black Star of Africa. The cut is unknown, but it is um, 202 carats. How is the cut unknown? 
so the Black Star of Africa is unknown because um, the whereabouts are unknown. Is it real? It's a rumored one. It is real. Let's see. That's the Black Star of Africa. It's 202. There's um, an unnamed black diamond. That's a rectangle cut. That's 489. And a spirit of the Grisonon diamond is 312.24. Okay. Are these all black diamonds? Yes. These are all black diamonds. Did you specifically look up black diamonds or are these just like the largest diamonds? These are list of famous black diamonds. The black Orlov qualifies as the largest cushion cut black diamond in the world. Okay. For those of us who, you know, have never researched <laughs> diamonds. Don't know diamonds. What does, what does cushion cut mean? It looks like a pillow. It's soft and squishy. That Just kidding. That's not it. Um, Google the black Orlov diamond and you'll see what it looks like. It's not oval. It's like rectangular, but rounded edges, but not rectangular, almost oval. It's it's cushion cut. So black diamonds are cool because they are very different than regular diamonds or conventional diamonds. Where they're found is different. Conventional diamonds are enormous single crystals made out of giant molecules of repeated tetrahedral units of carbon atoms. Black diamonds seem to be composed of millions of minute diamond crystals stuck together. So it looks kind of porous. The conventional diamond is known as the hardest substance on Earth. Like, you can cut glass with it. Black diamonds are harder than conventional diamonds. Why? Uh, Because of their makeup. So, the way it is made, apart from graphite, iron compounds such as hematite and magnetite could sometimes be associated. Nope, that's not what I'm talking about. Basically, the way (laughs) it is made causes it to be very difficult. Because it's not one giant crystal, though, and it's a bunch of little ones, the hardness may not be uniformly distributed. When we were talking about the porous look to it, that's where if you're going to cut a black diamond, you have to do it along those areas. It's Let's see. Conventional diamonds can be cleaved along cleavage planes. Black diamonds don't have cleavage planes, and are, their extreme hardness is attributed to this property. So that's why. So that's a little bit about black diamonds. But as far as the black Orlov diamond, the reason we are all here, the haunted, ooh, spooky. The early history, we don't really exactly know when this occurred, but it is said that the diamond originally was 195 carats. And it was taken out of, or it's known as the Eye of Brahma because it was taken out of a statue of the sacred Hindu god Brahma, who is known as the Hindu god of creation. They took one of his eyes off the statue and it was the Black Orlov Diamond. And it was from a temple in Pondicherry in southern India. So according to legend, this act infuriated the Hindu gods and the Hindu priest of the temple and a curse was placed upon it. I mean, if I had something of importance and you stole something of importance from my something of importance, I'm cursing all of y'all's asses because rude. How dare you? And why has it got to be the eyeball, man? Well, I mean, so he is often depicted with four heads. So to be fair, not that I would have stolen this, but, you know, there are other eyeballs available. What? Take it from someone who only has one working eyeball. Okay, you might think that there's plenty. (laughs) You might think that they have eyeballs to spare. But if you took my right eye, done for. Toast. Kaput. Don't take my eyeball, please. Okay, well, he has eight. So either way, maybe he had the same issue and he was pissed. So he cursed the diamond. 
It's not known when the diamond was stolen, but somehow along the way, it ended up in Russia, where it was acquired by a princess. Princess Nadia Orlov fled Russia after the Bolshevik Revolution in October of 1917 and moved to France. The diamond was said to go with her. That was in 1917. Remember that. Eventually, the diamond found its way to the United States in 1932 with a diamond dealer named J.W. Paris. We don't know where he got the diamond. We don't know who sold it to. But after he sold it off that same year in April, he climbed to the top of a New York City skyscraper and jumped. Uh, Oh, that's not good. That's generally not healthy. Uh, You would think. um, No, sudden impacts are not good for your health. So I've heard... J.W. Paris is said to be the first victim of the curse. Some people also claim that the priest whose soul it was because he was reportedly or what's the word? Allegedly. Allegedly. God, I love you. He allegedly had a very violent death. So once J.W. Paris passed, we're going to go back to Princess Nadia. In 1947, Princess Nadia Orlov completed suicide by jumping from a building. Starting to see a theme. Yes. Now, some people point out that it was 15 years after J.W. Paris and she fled Russia with it in 1917. But the curse may just take longer to affect certain people. Another princess, Princess Lenola Baronsky also completed suicide in 1947 by jumping from a building. She has ties to the Orlov diamond. I believe, I can't find it in here, but I believe the second princess was married to a French jewelry salesman, dealer, dealer, that's the word I'm looking for, married to a French jewelry dealer. So they believe that he is how the black Orlov got to J.W. Paris. So it went from Prince Nadia to Princess Linolia, to J.W. Paris. Since then, it has been cut up into smaller pieces to try and break the curse. An Australian cutter cleaved the original stone into three pieces. Largest piece was the 67.5 carat cushion cut black Orlov diamond we know today. It took more than two years to cut this thing down. It is said that since this happened, nobody has been cursed by the diamond. However... In 2006, Felicity Huffman was nominated for Best Actress Award for her role in Transamerica, and they asked her to wear the $2 million Black Orlov necklace to show that the cursed diamond necklace was not real. As it happened, she went onto the red carpet sans the necklace. Was it because she didn't want to face the wrath of the cursed diamond? Or was it because it didn't go with her outfit? I will tell you, it went with her outfit. So I think she was avoiding the curse. Oh, no. I know. Like like Felicity Huffman, like the Felicity Huffman, right? The Felicity Huffman. She is a Desperate Housewives, I think, or Real Housewife. Uh, I think it's Desperate Housewife. Actress. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, that was before I got into TV shows like that. If you saw a picture of her, you'd know her too. It has since been put on display around the world, um, was in London, was in New York. Now it is privately owned, I believe. But there was also another Orlov diamond, the white Orlov diamond. If you guys remember back to our lovely friend, Catherine the Great, 
I love her so much. She is <laughs> she is magnificent. Her first lover, the one who conspired to kill her husband, gave her an Orlov diamond and it ended up in her crown for a while and now it's on what is the staff called? Scepter. Thank you. It's part of the scepter, the royal scepter. So that one doesn't seem to cause too much trouble. I mean, what goes wrong in uh, monarchies? Nothing at all. <laughs> Laugh uncomfortably in colonialism. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Um, and I'm also going to give you guys just a quick, like, just so you know. Our topic was a haunted item, and we wanted to do, the goal was to not do something like um, Robert the Doll or Annabelle. We've done both of those, but something that was lesser known. I almost covered the haunted vagina. <laughs> that That's not, that's not a real thing. That's a book. Technically, you. technically, it would have fallen into our category. Technically, it's fictitious. Well, technically, we didn't say nonfiction haunted items. Okay, well, you can cover that with textual tension one day, okay? Okay, well, I just so our listeners know, because we've talked about it before, it is a book by Carlton Mellick III, and it falls in the genre of humorous, erotic literature, science fiction, fantasy fiction, and paranormal romance. And it's so bad. It's but so, so bad. good. <laughs> No, it's just bad. So if you ever wanted to look into that, we've all read it. Most of the people on Discord, our Discord group, have read it. Um, CK from Earths and Monsters has read it. So, you know, it's out there. It's wonderful. Pick it up. (laughs) Anyway, tell me about your haunted stuff, guys. In July 1980, 11-year-old David Glatzel woke up screaming, claiming that he had been visited by, quote, a man with big black eyes, a thin face with animal features, jagged teeth, pointed ears, horns, and hooves. The end. David was haunted. (laughs) Um, So everybody around him, his parents and his older siblings agreed that he's not the kid who liked scary things it's not like he would have been watching a scary movie or anything and he wasn't generally one to like make things up he just wasn't that type of kid but he was visibly shaken when he awoke that night um and after that he gradually became withdrawn and quiet and kind of pulled away from the family so his older sister debbie suggested that he move in with her and her fiance arnie johnson hoping maybe that a change of scenery staying with them for a little while maybe it would help him overcome whatever it was that had upset him so bad of course arnie agreed but things never got better he uh, continued to have nightmares and telling stories of the man that he saw that kept saying that he was going to take his soul scratches and bruises began to appear on david and all the injuries appeared overnight nothing would happen during the day that would make these marks appear. Debbie, his older sister, you know, kind of got to the point where she was really keeping an eye on him and nothing would ever happen, but he would almost always wake up with a new wound of some sort. Um, Arnie started to notice odd sounds specifically coming from the attic and multiple times investigated and could never find anything. And over time, David started claiming that he would now see the beast while he was awake. No! Most of the time... The beast was seen sitting in the family's rocking chair. Hell no. Um, and David said that the beast had claimed it as his own. He can have it. Kick it out. I called seatbacks. I have a problem with this. Of the rocking chair? 
Yeah, I called seed backs. Keep well, it, set it on fire. You are more than welcome to have that discussion with the beast. I am going to salt and burn to each their own. But David was the only one who ever saw the beast actually in the rocking chair. But all the other family members claimed to see it rocking on its own. Oh, God. No. This is why I will refuse to have a rocking chair in the house. We had one in Adeline's nursery that Ashley gave us, and I appreciate it. Now it is in the guest bedroom, and I do not look at it. Hell no. Get away. I need a servo motor and a wireless receiver. I hate you. Um. So, of course, the family did what any sensible family in the 80s would do, and they called a priest. And, of course, this didn't help matters. Um, it actually made things much worse. Oh, well, there goes my plan. I know an exorcist, and if that thing starts rocking on its own, I'm calling him, but maybe not. The noises got louder. David's visions started to increase. He began to speak in different languages and voices and would hiss at his family members whenever they would come closer to him. I do that. He basically was turning into like a mutant of himself. Um, he started to quote Paradise Lost. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. And as an 11 year old, you know, not really necessarily a story that they would be real familiar with. No, no, that's not even a story I wanted to be familiar with. And it is not light reading. Well, I was just going to say, I'm the uncultured swine here who knows that's a book, but I've never read it. <laughs> Give me a premise. It, ta- it talks about hell. A lot. It talks a lot about hell. A little bit about the Garden of Eden or heaven. It's been a long time. I read it in mm-hmm. high school. I've read lots of books like that, but like he he began to Paradise Lost. Did he begin to like? He began to quote Paradise Lost. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like he began to like he began Paradise Lost and kind of like he began twilighting, walking around with glitter all over himself and hiding in the (laughs) shadows. No, no, there is no one cosplaying as Paradise Lost, Tiffany. Okay. (laughs) I mean... They might be. It's one of the, um, I think it's actually a banned book now. I'm pretty sure most of the books I read in high school were banned books. Uh-huh. Enjoys <laughs> the perks of homeschooling. So, uh, he began to quote Paradise Lost. And the only time that his family felt comfortable staying with him was during the night. Ha 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 Why night? Because they were scared to get close to him during the day. And not only that, but someone had to stay up and watch him because he started to wake every 30 minutes, screaming out, usually in different languages and occasionally accompanied by uncontrollable seizures. No. Oh, so he's a toddler. No, oh. he's 11. <laughs> <laughs> he's a giant toddler. Hey, hey, Tiffany, who actually has an 11 year old in your life is is this ringing a bell with you uh my almost 13 year old brother that hurts to say um but no my my 12 year old brother that does he has been quote acting um where he does these like video game moves from fight fright nights at freddy so it kind of sounds a lot like what ashley's describing <laughs> so desperate for help the glatzels finally called Ed and Lorraine Warren. Warren! Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Who began to make regular visits to their home and they would bring multiple priests, they would bring different priests to perform exorcisms. Many of those exorcisms took place while David was seated, seated, seated in the rocking chair. No! That's fine. <laughs> So once the exorcisms increased, the chair not only would rock by itself, but it would move throughout the house on its own. No. 
No, it would disappear no. and reappear in different places. Okay, so but can we talk? Can you imagine this for a second? Like a rocking chair moving by itself, just like using the momentum to scooch across the floor like oh, a dog and its butt just scooching across <laughs> the floor. <laughs> It's not that it's not that terrifying if you think about it that way. No, but it wouldn't just scooch. It would just like you would wake up and the rocking chair would be at the foot of your bed. Hell no, no. Or you'd wake up and it would be in the middle of the kitchen. No, or hallway or whatever. Maybe it just wanted cuddles. Fuck that. Maybe it just wanted cuddles. Someone just sit on me, please. Uh, Hey, (laughs) hey, hey, oh. The most incredible movement of the chair happened during one of the exorcisms, and it actually levitated in front of the Warrens, clergy members, and family members while David was sitting in it during an exorcism. Oh, so it's a zero gravity chair. Got it. (laughs) Oh my God, this sounds so awful. He didn't just turn upside down. The chair levitated. It flew up into the air (laughs) in a room full of people. I'm uncomfortably uncomfortable being in a new room by myself while we listen to this. You're fine. Is there a rocking chair? There is not. Then I would good. have left screaming and I maybe crying. You, <laughs> the person's house that you're at is too pure. You're good. This is true. There's no demons there. <laughs> this is true. If they did, they hitchhiked up for you. I, they wouldn't cut. It'd be like walking through a veil of holy water going into that. <laughs> yeah. My Nana's a saint. It wouldn't, they're all sitting outside. They're just waiting outside. It's fine. (laughs) In the snow. (laughs) In the snow. They're pissed. (laughs) So finally, after what they believe to be the final and successful exorcism, the demon left David and he began to show signs of improvement. However, while he was improving, Arnie Johnson, the fiance, started to take a turn for the worse. No. It's believed that the demon left David and entered Arnie. He started the same way, waking up at night. Then it gradually got to where he was growling and hissing and speaking in the same unexplainable languages that David had been. What did David say about all this? Uh, sucks for you? (laughs) 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 I don't know. That's a good question. We'll we'll have to reach out to someone and ask them about that, see if they have details on that. Um, Finally, Arnie slipped into a trance, similar to where David was... When he wasn't, you know, crawling upside down on the stairs, he was just sleeping and family was having to watch him. Um, And until one day, finally, Arnie snapped and killed their landlord (gasps) with a five inch pocket knife. Oh, reportedly stabbing him over and over and over and over while his fiance watched. What does it say about me that I merely think that's a lot of work? Because that's not a pocket knife. That's not enough. It's only five inches. That's what I was thinking, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) You can do a lot with five inches. (laughs) My five inches or a man's five inches. Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) So the landlord, Alan Bono, did unfortunately pass away. Because, you know, apparently me telling stories where people don't die is no longer acceptable. (laughs) Um So he passed away in the hospital a couple hours later. Arnie was picked up by the police two miles from the house. Eight months later, he appeared in court and went in with a plan to um, enter a plea of not guilty due to demonic possession. Did he take a stab at a not guilty plea? (laughs) He ran into my knife ten times. 
The demon made him run into my knife ten times. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Because for the first time in American legal history, demonic possession was used as a reason for murder. Did it work? It did not. Okay. that That's, I, yep. <laughs> um, the Honorable Judge Callahan refused to accept the police since there was no evidence to show that Johnson was possessed. <laughs> how would they? Pr- I'm sorry. Think of it. How would they prove that? He's in like the courtroom. And what do they do? Spray him with holy water like I spray my cats when they get on the counter? Like how how do you test that? But I, look, if lie detectors can still be used in a court, I think holy water should be acceptable. But lie but detectors can't. are questionable. That's they what can't I'm be saying. Used. I feel like holy water would be more reliable than a lie detector test. <laughs> yes. I don't know. If I'm able to hold holy water without bursting into flames, I don't think it's admissible into court. You're not possessed. No, but I shouldn't be able to hold holy water without some kind of like even just like static electricity. Because that's how that works, right, Rebecca? <laughs> sure. You know, water, you know water's not flammable, right? I, I do. do. At least 70% of it. No, no, no. That's not the quote. Anyway, this episode's Um, a mess. It is, and I love it. So he did eventually go to prison for his crime. He was found guilty of first-degree manslaughter and received a 20-year sentence, although he only served five. What? And him and Debbie were married shortly after his release. What? Debbie? Uh, Debbie? Go, go like, do Dallas or something. Don't get with him. (laughs) What is this story? For many years after the horrifying events, the rocking chair remained in storage. Good. And when the family later moved, it went with them. Not good. Um, But they did, over time, start to realize that there was something wrong with the chair. What? what? No shit. <laughs> and um, whoever sat in it, either out of curiosity to see what would happen or just casually, they would be stricken with um, like incapacity incapacitating pain mostly in their back and either just excruciating like knock them to the floor force them out of the chair or gradually over time back issues so bad that it would require surgery or major like medical intervention medicare is that what i just said Uh uh-huh what what field did you used to work in the medicare field So, yeah, some of them were so bad that they required medical intervention or surgeries. And one family member was so badly injured that they were unable to walk upright after testing the chair. Oh, no. So, some years later, in 2019, the chair was purchased by Zach Baggins. Yeah, Zach Baggins. (laughs) For $67,000. Jesus Christ. I need some haunted shit and Zach's Twitter handle. I almost researched haunted items that are currently available on eBay. Hey, I almost covered that. I mean, not for that reason. There are so many. The Dybbuk box was one of them. I looked at haunted stuff on eBay for this, but um, full disclosure, I was like, shit, I only have 30 minutes. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. eBay, this is something I learned from researching the Dybbuk box. Uh, eBay has cracked down a lot. Yeah. On those sort of claims, just because, you know, you can't, it's not a physical good. You can't deliver on it. So, like, 
it makes sense that they would crack down on it, but people still find ways. Oh, for sure. Now it's under like spiritual and lifestyle or something like that. They have it hidden under. This item may or may not be wink, wink, haunted. Might come with a ghosty friend. Ghosty ghost. Only one way to find out. So Zach purchased it in 2019 for $67,000 and it was purchased hours before Lorraine Warren was reported dead. That's a coincidence. Right. There are stains on the original cushions from what they believe to be the holy water and blessed oils that were used as part of the exorcisms. We're going with that. And even before it was actually put on display at Zach's museum, it started to cause problems. Soon after it arrived, doors at the museum began slamming themselves shut and locking. Light switches would be physically turned off. Like not the lights wouldn't just flicker. The light switches would actually be moving upside up and down. Okay. I have a question. Uh Uh-huh. When you have something that's haunted AF and you take it into a place that's also full of haunted AF things, like, I feel like that messes with the status quo. So you're going to get, it's basically high school, but with ghosts. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. High school never ends. That's what I feel like. Yeah. That's what I feel like is happening because you have those people who are like, no, I'm the baddest ghost here and then other ghosts that are like i'm new i need to prove myself ah new guy flippity flap flippity 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 flap (laughs) (laughs) like there's it's no there's no wonder his museum is just full of instances of that happening and this is why we need to flip and go you two are gonna have a blast i will be Mm -hmm. at the tiffany i will give you a hug if you will go not worth it sorry Wow, I thought that would work. I know, you you think very highly of yourself, and I'm very proud of you. Confidence <laughs> is key. I just thought you were that desperate for a hug. I mean, I maybe always we'll am, see if but... we catch her at the right time. <laughs> Let's wait until we go to Vegas and she's away from her family for just the right amount of time. We'll work it out. It's fine. So it would physically turn lights on and off, and it created tension between the staff members that just arose out of nowhere. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it created tension between the ghosts and demons. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it created awful tension between the ghosts that are already in the museum. It was just a madhouse in there. Like, look what I can do. Look what I can do. Um, And it's also believed that the shipper who picked up the rocking chair, not knowing what he was picking up after he delivered it, he complained that he was plagued by horrible nightmares, like unimaginable nightmares. You'd think if you worked in a place like this, you would, you know, keep crystals on you, keep a rosary on you. Yeah, that was a shipper, so he may not actually if you're work shipping for, it to But he might not work for Zach Baggins. One, like it two, could just three, be a, four, Zach Baggins way. <laughs> one, two, three, four, Zach Baggins front door. Um, That's a uh, alley I would like to go down. Um <laughs> But it could just be like you can hire people where you're just like, hey, there's going to be a package at this place I need you to pick up and bring to me. And they're like, Mm -hmm. shoot. Heck yeah. There's a whole show about it on uh, Discovery Channel, I think. I think it's called Shippers. Okay, so he bought this chair in April. And by June of 2019, the chair was the first item that was, what is the word? Where you're like um, willingly taken off of exhibit at the Haunted Museum. Oh, quote from Mr. Biggins himself. 
This is the first time where I have decided to shut an exhibit down at the Haunted Museum due to multiple people being affected in connection to unexplained paranormal activity of the devil's rocking chair. Six people all shared the same disturbing, uncontrollable crying during the short time I opened the exhibit. One of them being a guest who also collapsed directly above the devil's rocking chair on the stairs. So... The chair was housed kind of like in a little nook that was under the stairs. And this guest was walking up the stairs to go to another exhibit. And as soon as she got over the area where the stairs was, she just collapsed. And you bitches want to take me there? Hell no. Absolutely. I do. no. Of course, at the museum, you have people probably on a daily basis that have major reactions to the objects or act like they do or whatever you want to say. Ambulances are called quite frequently but the rocking chair kind of triggered very emotional reactions it wasn't like where people just get so overwhelmed that they pass out because they're terrified something's gonna happen or like physical reactions it was just this like outcry of uncontrollable emotions he said quote me and a friend felt an evil presence move between us and we were sitting down in my living room which then caused my dog to growl Mm -mm. i then became very affected and began speaking strange things about god and satan with my head down and my friend began to cry uncontrollably and literally ran out of my house it just sounds like us hanging out i don't understand (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrong That's, well, now I feel bad for what I was about to say. That sounds awful. (laughs) That does sound awful. Um, So the last update I can find from this is him closing the exhibit. So I don't know where the chair is. Oh, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't know if he still has possession over it and just has it somewhere tucked away. Because what I found at the last update on it was him taking it off exhibit and his quotes on what happened maybe he has some like maybe he contacted um ed and lorraine's uh son-in-law and was like hey teach me how to encase this somewhere so it doesn't hurt anything like you did with annabelle teach me how to dougie but didn't we just say that the chair arrived or was bought when lorraine died yeah but uh remember their son-in-law still has yeah son-in-law has the museum and has kind of taken over fair their artifacts that they've collected. So, yeah, I'm not sure where the chair is. Like I said, I'm sure that uh, Zach Baggins has it tucked away somewhere and is just waiting for the right time to drag it back out. But that was the epitome of Ashley's story. People died. Zach Baggins, Ed and Lorraine. I have a question. When was the chair put into storage? Um, From when Zach bought it? Yeah. Well, he shut down the exhibit in June of 2019. Okay. I was about to blame 2020 on that <laughs> 2020 bitch. <laughs> on the chair. Yeah. yeah I mean, he got we don't it know where it is. April. And, you know, sh- I'm sure it took a little bit for it to actually go on exhibit and everything. But he purchased it in April. And then um, he closed the exhibit that housed that in June. Gotcha. So not the cause of 2020. We'll figure it out someday. I mean, we don't know where it is right now. So it could be. Well, that was fun. Uh don't like it but thank you i do that was a fun story but yeah so if anybody knows where the uh, devil's rocking chair is hit us up we'll trick tiffany into sitting in it fuck yourself i wouldn't do that to her (laughs) but i would take her to zach baggins museum yes rebecca tell us about your haunted vagina (laughs) no (laughs) are you ready for a very very short story sure devil possession the end basically 
And so, on that note. Sean Robinson was given a painting. The painting was inherited after the passing of his grandmother. Sean stocked the painting away in his basement for roughly 10 years before deciding to find a home for it in the main living area. This is when things went weird. You see, Sean's grandmother had kept this painting in her attic for 25 years because, as far as I can tell, it gave her a bad feeling. Then why not throw the bitch out? That See, that's a recurring question. Like, people tend to hold on to haunted things, and I think it's because of the guilt that they have possibly sending that off to someone else. But on the flip side of that, why aren't we salting and burning more shit? Right? Anyway, Sean's grandmother had it for 25 years, didn't get rid of it, but kept it, even though it gave her the EVGBs. So this painting, the story goes, was created by a male artist, and he used oil paintings, or oil paints. Gasp! Okay, stay with me. It is believed that the man committed suicide after finishing this painting. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. While it seems like enough to make a painting cursed, it is reported that the man had mixed his blood into the oils to create <gasps> this painting. Wicked. And since we are on Discord, would you guys like a picture of the painting? Yes. Oh, no. It is called The Anguished Man. Oh, don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'm afraid to look because I'm all by myself. <laughs> D- Tiffany, please look. It'll make great audio. I need to open my eyes. <laughs> oh, I have sh- I have shitty internet. Ah, no, bye. <laughs> oh, that was Ooh, awful. Why would you have a painting like that? Like, what is the benefit to having a painting like that? So it's called the Anguish Man. Ow. Believed that the artist mixes blood into the oil paints to create the painting before dying. So can y'all guess what is one of the first things I did when researching this project? Find out if you can mix blood with oil paints. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And this is how in my history I got the search term, can you mix blood into oil paints? Heck (laughs) yes. Which was unfruitful and various um, search phrases were equally unfruitful so i called smart co-worker <laughs> oh my god i love you <gasps> my dad just opened the door and scared the poo out of me <laughs> i have to go wipe <laughs> pause my child's coming to say goodnight to me <laughs> all right love you guys thanks for that <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was terrible. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to have to change after this. <laughs> Good thing so I'm sitting on the bed there sleeping in. <laughs> so we left off at Rebecca was searching if you can mix blood into oil paint. I called Smart Coworker, which she was actually way more into this question than I expected, which was kind of awesome because Google wasn't being helpful and I was getting real weird shit. So, Blood is made up of a couple things, plasma, red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets, which are all mostly water-soluble. So unless there are fatty lipids in the blood, it's not really going to dissolve in the oil paintings, which or the oil uh, paints, which means one of two things could happen. If a little bit of the blood was mixed, this could change the pigment over time. And as blood ages, it turns to an orangey oxidized color, which could affect the artwork. Did you see that picture you posted? Yeah, I did. Orangey. It's kind of an orangey. On the flip side of that, since blood is generally water-soluble, 
it wouldn't dissolve in the oil paint, causing the painting to sweat as it got older. Ew. That makes it even worse. Right? (laughs) Ew. After seeing pictures of this painting, I am very, very skeptical if blood was mixed into the painting because it looks in very good condition for a painting that's over 30 years old. Because you got to remember, it was in Sean's grandmother's attic for 25 years, and it was in Sean's basement for about 10 years before he brought it upstairs and things started happening. So you have at least 35 years of this painting just being a painting. Why okay. Why do you want it? Why would you bring... Why would that come upstairs? <laughs> right? <laughs> All of that. And also, what, how did you look at that picture long enough to determine that it was in good condition? Because I saw it for like a quarter of a second and could not do it. I didn't get heebie-jeebies from it. I'm just like, okay, that's a thing. It looks You're like um, the Dr. Kevorkian. Yeah, thing. it reminded me a lot of Kevorkian. It was a more not, I want to say modernized, but I don't think that's the right word. A more abstract version of Dr. Yes. Kevorkian. Yeah, Dr. Kevorkian's looked more like if you just took the skin off of someone. Yeah. This is just, this is like not torture. Cute. What's the painting <laughs> called again? The, the Anguished, Anguished Man. Man. Yeah. No, he looks anguished. I don't like it. And he does not look like a man. Where's his nose? That's why he's anguished. So after talking to my coworker and doing a little bit of Google research, DNA degrades pretty quickly. So you wouldn't be able to confirm whose blood it was, if it's in the painting, but you should be able to perform some sort of protein analysis to determine if blood was used in the painting. By the way, Sean, if you are listening... And decide to crowdfund a protein analysis, I will contribute because I want to know. Sean, like the owner of the painting? Yes. <laughs> I'd contribute to you salting and burning it. Yes, I will buy you salt. So basically, whether or not this painting has blood in it, can't tell. It depends on how much blood was actually used. So now my question in my notes is, do you see why this painting could possibly be cursed? Hell yes. Yeah. You're cursed. So this is a lot of build up to a not a whole lot of things happening. And the thing that intrigued me about it was mainly the blood and the oil painting portion of it because science. But Sean's grandmother reported seeing shadows, heard sounds of crying, heard sounds of whispering, which is why she decided to initially place the painting in her attic. There's not a whole lot of information of why she initially had this in the first place. So when Sean inherited the painting, and then eventually put it in their main living room. They started experiencing unexplained phenomenon, and he recorded them and uploaded them onto YouTube. Oh, Jesus Christ. entire channel. And this is me telling our listeners that if I do not post a link to this YouTube channel within a reasonable amount of time, feel free to call me out. I will post it. I'm really glad that you told me that there's YouTube videos because I need to go watch them now just for the pure fact that I need to know what this man's aesthetic is that he was like this would look great in my living room uh, most of these recordings are in a room that's just red which you know totally helps with the aesthetic the first video was posted 10 years ago which I guess is 2011 <laughs> and the most recent one was two years ago so not regularly posting but like 
sometimes you'll get information on this thing. I just need to see. I just need to see his aesthetic. I need to see his house. I need to know. You don't see the house because what these videos are are time lapses of a video or a camcorder just watching the painting. Would you like to hear some of the things that the videos recorded? Ugh, sure. Yeah, but I'm more I'm more intrigued by this person's decoration decorative skills. Okay, so these videos recorded things such as strange noises, orbs, doors closing by itself. There's one video I saw at the painting, so it looked like it was almost on top of a bed and leaned up against the wall, and the painting just falling over face first. No. Nope. Well, maybe the painting is telling you that it's done. So unfortunately, that's kind of it for this item. And there's not a whole lot of information outside of the YouTube channel. I wasn't, I'm not 100% sure this was super well known until one of the YouTube um, videos got like 2 million views. But I thought it was interesting. And just FYI, because this was a question recurring on the internet, it is not for sale. He still owns it? He still owns it. He still has it. He has had people like paranormal investigators over, as far as I know, to investigate it. But so far, it's a lot of prime, low-quality YouTube videos. And that's all we have on I this painting. I just to look it up to see if I could find the videos or like any pictures from the videos. And I typed in the anguish Zach Bacons. Because <laughs> I was typing it as you were saying that paranormal investigators have come. I think we just found the title of our episode. <laughs> the anguished Zach Baggins. This makes me so happy. So yeah, it was very, very short, but was totally worth it considering the reactions you had when looking at the picture. Oh yeah, no, no don't it's like that. cool. And it's definitely a creepy painting. And again, I'm just curious, like what... Ashley wants to befriend Sean. <laughs> I just have questions. Like, I want to see the inside of your house. I want to <laughs> know why. <laughs> so I think he is... British from his accent. I wasn't able to pinpoint exactly where he lived. Okay. Ashley wants to meet him even more. I was about to now. say, you're not helping the case. I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm just <laughs> saying, it might be, you know, a little bit of time, a couple vaccinations, and a plane ride before you get to meet him. That's okay. We could go CCK. I could find out more about this man and why he wants to keep this painting in his life. There you go. It could work out. It could be a win win win. So, yeah. That's the haunted painting. Go team. And Rebecca researching if blood mixes into oil paints. You know. I love that. We each have our thing. Well, that's exciting. And now I hope I don't dream of him as I go to sleep. Oh, damn. Damn it. (laughs) On that note. You won't. (laughs) Tiffany's ready for bed. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. Remember, friends, everyone has something that they find spooky. (laughs) Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Just search for the Ladies of Strange podcast on pretty much, I was about to say, any of the social networks. It's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will pop up. Or you can email us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, please tell your friends about us. And um, please come entertain me while they go to the Baggins Museum and I have drinks and watch people dance with little clothing. Uh, (laughs) Shoot.
Keep it strange, lovelies. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.